Chapter 1 The Dinner Retired General James Clapper peered out the window of the black Mercedes limousine and saw what appeared to be a brightly lit one-story bowling pin atop a modern rectangular chocolate-brown building and wondered if they had come to the right place for dinner. As Director of the Office of National Intelligence, he was America's top spymaster. Sitting next to him was North Korea's top spymaster, General Kim Yong-chol, head of the country's reconnaissance general bureau. They were two old spies, and although they had never met before, for nearly half a century they had been battling each other on opposite sides of the most dangerous espionage war in history. Highly secret and little known to the public, it is a spy war that has cost the lives of scores of American intelligence agents and twice nearly led to all-out nuclear war. Rivals from the start, both spymasters began their espionage careers in the late 1960s, worked their way up to the general ranks, and eventually reached the pinnacle of their respective countries' intelligence services at about the same time, 2009 for General Kim and 2010 for General Clapper. And like General Kim, who reported directly to Chairman Kim Jong-un, North Korea's supreme leader, Clapper reported directly to U.S. President Barack Obama. It was November 7, 2014, a chilly Friday evening below a waning gibbous moon as the car pulled to a stop in front of the Golden Lane Bowling Alley on Juche Tower Street in Pyongyang, North Korea. At 73, General Clapper looked his age. Fleshy skin hung like handbags beneath his eyes, and wrinkles turned into trenches in the shadows. General Kim, a few years younger at 68, still had jet-black hair, although it was receding like an outgoing wave. His cheeks were puffy and unwrinkled and expanded when he smiled, which was seldom on the car ride. Coming face to face for the first time, the two men shared an equal distrust of each other. The trip had been spur of the moment. Chairman Kim had decided to release two imprisoned Americans if the United States would send a letter from President Obama along with a cabinet-level national security official to pick them up. Obama chose Clapper. But the offer of the prisoner release was simply Kim's excuse to explore the possibility of normalization of relations between the two countries. It was something that could only be discussed in secret with a senior cabinet-level official who had the ear of the president. Within hours, Clapper had packed his suitcase, assembled a small staff, and raced to Andrews Air Force Base. By then, the 30-year-old Supreme Leader had been head of North Korea for nearly three years, and despite his youth and inexperience, he was growing more and more confident. Twenty months earlier, he had conducted his first, and the country's third, successful nuclear test, exploding underground a weapon with about half the destructive power of the atomic bomb dropped by the United States on Hiroshima. Above all else, he had inherited from his father, Kim Jong-il, who was in power for 17 years, a critical understanding that only the development of nuclear weapons would allow the country to survive. 